Welcome to the Journey Home Podcast. Life is full of twists and turns, and sometimes we get stuck or lost along the way. Our desire is to be a friend and resource to anyone who needs a little wisdom, advice, or encouragement on their journey. But most of all, we want you to know you're not alone. So without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to episode four in our series, Things That Get In The Way. And today I wanted to talk about paradox and specifically our inability to embrace paradox, um, I believe is a major thing that can get in our way. And so let's just start with um, some definitions. What is a paradox, right? So according to Oxford Languages, a paradox is a seemingly absurd or self-contradictory statement or proposition that when investigated or explained may prove to be well-founded or true. So in other words, a paradox, it's, you know, it's an idea or a statement that at first sounds untrue and it can even sound like it's contradicting itself, but it actually is true. Um, If you've ever heard of a man named G.K. Chesterton, he was a British man uh, born in the late 1800s and um, lived into the early part of the 20th century. Um, He was a prolific author um, and really ended up becoming a sort of lay theologian or Christian apologist. Um, Just because, you know, what I mean by that is, you know, that wasn't necessarily his profession or his trade, but he just had so many incredible insights and observations about really just life, but including, you know, Christianity and the church, um, that he actually became, came to be known as uh, the Prince of Paradox. And that was partly because he um, used paradox in his writing, but also because you know, he just had so many um, helpful observations uh, about all of the paradoxes that do exist in life and in the Christian faith. Um, Carl Jung, or Jung, I I don't actually know how to pronounce his name, but um, who was a famous psychiatrist, psychoanalyst, um, he also had a pretty cool insight about paradox. He once said, only the paradox comes anywhere close, sorry, comes anywhere near to comprehending the fullness of life. Sorry, let me read it again. Only the paradox comes anywhere near to comprehending the fullness of life. And, you know, to my knowledge, um, you know, I'm no expert on his life, but my understanding is that, you know, he never claimed to be a Christian. I think he, he believed himself to be a spiritual person, but I don't think he ever professed to be a Christian. But I think he... Um, just had this, uh, I think, pretty um, helpful insight about paradox. And so um, just to be clear, you know, I'm not trying to say that everything in life is a paradox. I think there are things that are straightforward and you could even say black and white, you know, um, that are, you know, either or realities, right? They're not a both and reality. I think paradoxes tend to be along the lines of a both and reality, whereas, you know, not everything is. Some things are straightforward. Um, You know, just one quick example, you know, Jesus is the son of God or he isn't the son of God. You know, you can't say that, you know, both of those things might be true. You know, it's either one or the other, right? He either is or he isn't. 
Um, so that's more black and white. Um, he said, no one comes to the Father but through him. That's either true or it isn't true, you know. Um, you know, and personally, I have observed um, that I think Christians, we do have a way of taking things that are, that really are black and white and we make them gray. And then conversely, we take things that are gray and we make them black and white. And so we really need clarity on which is which, right? Like we don't want to um, make things ambiguous if they're really clear. And we also don't want to try to try so hard to be clear on things that actually are meant to have a little bit of um, ambiguity to them. Um, and on the flip side, I'm also not saying that, you know, oh, nothing's knowable. We shouldn't even bother trying to understand or explain it. No, I mean, you know, we are called to know God, to understand him, understand his ways, you know. Um, I'm not saying, you know, give up and don't bother trying. Um, but at the same time, I think part of that journey to know God, to know his ways, um, does require us to grapple with paradox. Um, okay, so just, okay, so what are some examples? Like, what am I talking about? In, in the Christian faith, let me just give you a few examples of paradoxes. I think there's actually many, but I'll just give you a, a few, okay? So Jesus is fully God and fully man, right? So it sounds, it, you know, at first listen, it seems like, both of those can't possibly be true at the same time, and yet somehow it is. Whether we fully can understand it or not, um, I believe that both of those realities are true at the same time, though they do seem to contradict one another, okay? Um, in even some of the teachings of Jesus, right, he said that the one who seeks to save his life will lose it, but the one who loses his life will find it. Right. So that sounds like a riddle, kind of. Right. It sounds or it sounds like a paradox. It sounds like those things shouldn't go together. They can't be true. And yet they are true. Um, you know, perhaps a controversial one. I don't know. But, um, you know, the fact that I believe God is both sovereign, but I also believe he's given humanity free will. And I know a lot of people have trouble reconciling those two. They just say it has to be one or the other. Both of those things cannot be true at the same time. But I do believe it's true and I'm not, they're both true. And I'm not pretending to, you know, 100% comprehend how that all works, you know, in the grand scheme of God's, you know, kingdom and his economy. But I do believe both are true at the same time, though I totally understand how it's hard for people to see how those can both be true. Okay, so here's a paradox that I really want to focus in. Those are just some examples, but the one one that I want to focus in on today um, is this, that on one hand, we are greatly and dearly loved by God, and yet at the exact same time, we are also sinners who deserve his wrath. Um, you know, again, I, I think this is a paradox. I think these are two things that can't, that seem like they cannot possibly go together or exist at the exact same time. And yet I do believe that they, they do and they can. Um, pastor Tim Keller, who is a uh, the pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City, um, you know, he has a really awesome quote. He said, the gospel is this, we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. 
Yet at the same, the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. And so, again, it's a paradox. Um, and I've noticed that rather than embracing this paradox, I think a lot of people tend to run to one of two extremes, right? And so we say they both can't be true, so it's got to be one or the other. So let's say, you know, you gravitate toward the God is love and God loves us. And again, that is 100% true. It's just not the only part of the, of the picture or the puzzle, right? Uh, but what, you know, what can happen if we only embrace that one truth or that one aspect of God's character and nature? Um, you know, I think ultimately it can lead us to take sin lightly or just even dismiss it altogether, right? Because if God loves me no matter what I do, um, then maybe it doesn't matter what I do, right? And there's an element of truth to that. Um, but again, that doesn't negate the reality of sin. It doesn't negate the reality of obedience, right? Um, I think it can lead us to do what the Apostle Paul talks about um, in, I believe it's First, or, it's either first or second Corinthians, but receiving the grace of God in vain, meaning, you know, we might very well be living under the grace of God, but we're not really um, receiving it in the way that God intended it to be received. Um, you know, because again, if we think that God loves us anyway, and again, that is true, um, and that our acceptance by him, it, it's not dependent on what we've done, which is also true, but... Uh, but it, it's just leaving out a whole other bunch of realities that are also true at the same time, right? And I personally, I believe that, um, you know, this kind of uh, re response to this paradox is what leads some people to conclude that, hey, maybe there's not even a literal hell because they just can't possibly reconcile. Like if God is love and he loves us that much, how could he possibly send any of us to, you know, an eternal hell, right? Um, so again, those are just some, I think, consequences of, you know, running to one extreme or the other without embracing paradox. I think if you want to go in the other direction where we really only embrace the, the truth that we are sinners who deserve wrath, I mean, you know, sadly, I believe some of you listening can really relate to this, right? Because maybe you grew up in a home or a church that really hammered this point home, like how evil you are, <laughs> how wretched you are, you know, how bad you are. Um, you know, if, if now again, that is true, but it's not the only piece of the puzzle, right? Like if we don't hold that truth right alongside with the fact that God loves us and he so loved us that he sent his son to die for us, to redeem us, to restore us to himself. You know, this that if we if we only hold to this truth that we're wretched and sinful, then that's pretty depressing, right? And it's pretty hopeless. Um, you know, and I think that can lead to all kinds of consequences too. Like maybe we just throw up our hands and say, well, there's no point, so... Might as well enjoy sin and just, you know, keep on sinning because there's just no point or there's no hope. Or we double down and we try even harder to earn our salvation or, um, you know, cover our shame. And ultimately, that is also an exercise in futility. And it ultimately leads to frustration because the only remedy 
for sin is to turn to the cross and the provision that God has made to redeem us and to restore us and to cover our our shame and to atone for our sin, right? There's only one remedy. But again, if we only hold to this one reality that we're wretched, we're sinful, and we deserve wrath, then it's pretty hopeless, right? And, you know, part of the reason I wanted to even do a, a whole episode on paradox is because, you know, if you listen to the previous episodes, I believe it does relate to our discussion, our conversation that we've been having on shame. Um, because shame is is a real thing, right? In terms of the feeling of it, every human being has experienced it. But I think the messages of shame can be really confusing, right? Because, you know, some can be true, some can be false, but other times it can actually just be a paradox. Um, you know, meaning like if the message that shame is sending us is that we're not worthy of God's love and forgiveness, like there's a sense where that's that's true, right? We don't deserve it, right? That's what makes grace grace is that it's something that's undeserved. It's unmerited, uh, right? So on one hand, that is totally true. But in another sense, it's not true because we were created by God in the image of God. He So he does love us. So yeah, if you want to be technical, maybe we don't deserve that love, but we are loved. And so shame can send us these what feels like a mixed signal, but really I think sometimes what we're coming up against is a paradox. It's that paradox that on one hand, I am deeply loved by God, but on another, in an, on the other hand, I have turned away from God and sinned against God. And so I'm, I've turned away from that. Right. Um, so even in our attempt to, you know, overcome shame, um, I think, paradox can be very helpful in that. Um, so, I mean, I think you can see why it is hard for so many of us, you know, to embrace paradox, right? Like it's, it's more mysterious. It doesn't seem as clear sometimes. And, you know, sometimes we just like to have simple solutions, right? Simple answers to life, you know, just black and white, just give it to me straight. Right. Um, you know, I think, I think paradox, uh, creates a degree of tension in our lives, right? Because by its by its definition, like it forces us to hold uh, different truths that, again, seem to contradict each other in tension with one another. And we don't always, we don't like tension, right? We'd, we would rather live with less tension. And so um, for that reason, I think sometimes, you know, that I think for that reason, sometimes people um, fail to embrace paradox. Um, you know, and, and we just want answers sometimes, right? And, and especially in a world that is so full of uncertainty, right? I think it can give us a sense of security to feel that we have, you know, some semblance of an answer to life's questions and life's mysteries. And, you know, again, where where things are clear, where things are black and white, like I 100% I you know, am in favor of us holding to those truths and those realities. But I think where we have to also be careful is that there are some questions in life that just can't be answered so simply and so, um, you know, so black and white, right? Like there is there is a measure of gray in life. There is a measure of mystery in life, you know, and if you've ever read through the entire Bible, like you will notice that word mystery does appear um 
does appear from time to time. And, you know, sometimes that it's speaking of something that was not clear to some of our ancestors, but became clearer, you know, in the fullness of time when Jesus, you know, was revealed. And so sometimes mystery is talking about that, but in other senses, it's just talking about realities in God and in life that are just, you know, no matter how hard we try, like, we're never going to fully be able to wrap our heads around because there is, you know, an aspect of mystery to it. Um, and so I really believe the answer for us, it's not to run from paradox, but it is to embrace it. You know, again, even if we don't fully understand the paradoxes that we are embracing, but just even embracing the reality that paradox is a thing, that it exists um, and that it's not a bad thing um, in some situations it's really the only way to understand certain realities right um and you know as hard as it is to embrace paradox it's also hard to not embrace it right like either way there are going to be consequences but you know i'd rather you know live with the difficulties that come with embracing paradox and not the ones that come from avoiding paradox because i think when we avoid paradox you know, I don't think I don't believe that we end up experiencing the fullness of God, the fullness of truth. I don't believe that we can truly, truly know God without embracing paradox, because I think what happens is then we end up with a very like a caricatured version of God. Right. Like some people, their their view of God is like he's always angry. Well, it's true that he gets angry, but he's slow to anger, and that's not all that he is, right? Some people think God's just always happy. Now, I believe that he's joyful, but that's not all that he is, right? And so, again, when we reduce God to this, again, like a simplistic, caricatured version of himself, like, I, I think we could even argue that we've made an idol in our own image. We've created a God in our own image that's not actually the true God. It's just, you know, we've we've tried to reduce him down to a level that we can comprehend, right? But, you know, God's pretty clear, right? He says his ways are higher than our ways, you know? Um, you know, his ways are not our ways. And so there is a measure to which, you know, of course we want to, know God and grow in our relationship with God, there is a measure, though, where we're not going to fully be able to comprehend it. Um, you know, and I think when we settle for that simplistic view of God or, or simplistic answers to, you know, complex issues, I think we just miss out on so much, um, you know, and, and along the same lines, I don't believe we can truly know ourselves without paradox, right? It's because then we're we're going to go, we're going to put ourselves in, in categories, you know, like, am I good or am I evil? Am I a bad person? Am I, you know, just, you know, a sinner who deserves to go to hell or am I, you know, a saint? And, you know, again, if we just choose one or the other, I think that can lead us to error. I think truth is found in that paradox that, you know, both are true at the same time. And then, you know, again, along those lines, I think we can't truly really know or, or understand other people without embracing paradox because we'll do the same thing. We'll put them into categories. And so we'll look at the world and think there's good people and there's bad people. You know, there's nice people and there's mean people. There's moral people and immoral people, you know, and, and we just, again, like to 
put people into categories because in our minds that's neater and it helps us you know come to grips with certain things but if those categories aren't accurate if they're not true um you know i think again it can lead us to really um you know it can lead us to error and so um you know but then on the flip side i think when we are able to embrace paradox it opens up our lives to experience you know i think reality number one you know because again some things can't be you know neatly categorized or you know or divided into either or statements or or labels you know i think some things are more gray i think some things are more mysterious you know i think it 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 reinvigorates our lives with a sense of wonder when we're able to embrace paradox you know some every now and then you'll kind of hear you know people bemoan the fact that you know we've lost our sense of wonder somehow you know that childlikeness you know that curiosity that wonder um but I think part of the reason that happens is because, again, we reduce life and God and ourselves or other people into these overly simplified uh, terms that are not um, that are not accurate. Um, I think embracing paradox, um, you know, breeds humility in our lives because in a sense we have to acknowledge that yeah we can't fully understand all of god's you know ways and who he is we can't fully comprehend it all though of course we will try and do our best to you know so um so just to conclude paradox is a part of life you know we can try to run from it but you know, that doesn't change its existence. You know, we can deny it all we want, uh, but that doesn't change the fact that it's there. And I, and I do want to say, too, if you have ever struggled or are struggling to embrace paradox, um, you're not alone. OK, like I think it's a pretty normal thing, honestly. Um, but for me, I have I have found that just again, just even understanding that paradoxes exist has helped me because it just reminds me that okay i don't have to have all the answers i don't have to be able to neatly explain or categorize everything because some things aren't that simple you know and i think this helps us in our relationship with god it helps our discipleship you know as we are you know sharing helping others you know to know god and to follow god you know it keeps us from those, you know, trite, uh, what I call, you know, these Christian bumper sticker answers, you know, or these, you know, Christian memes. And, you know, again, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with memes or bumper stickers in themselves. But, you know, sometimes, again, we try to reduce uh, complex realities into just simple statements or simple answers. And personally, I think people are tired of that. I, I don't know, maybe I'm the only one. I, I think I'm tired of it, you know, and, um, you know, I feel like I've observed that those things don't really work, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Um, you know, and I, I think embracing paradox will help our witness, you know, um, because the world out there is grappling with real issues, real questions. And, you know, I think they can tell when we're just trying to give them, you know, a, a trite little cute answer um, that doesn't really answer anything. Um, you know, I think paradox helps us to wrestle with some of the great 
moral, philosophical questions of life. Um, and people know that life is complex, it's gritty, it's nuanced. And, um, you know, I believe that our faith can answer those questions, can grapple with those questions, can wrestle with those questions. And, you know, if we will allow it to, if we won't take the, the easy way and the shortcut, and again, try to reduce everything down to a level that we can easily explain or easily understand. Uh, but if we're willing to embrace paradox, I believe that we can be a church that can, you know, that can answer the deepest, darkest, hardest questions of humanity, of life. Um, so again, hope this is hope this episode's been helpful to you. Um, please, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to us. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us for today's podcast. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a rating and review, and we'd be especially honored if you would pass along the podcast or recommend it to a friend. Before we sign off, I just wanted to mention one of the most popular services we offer, which is coaching for individuals and couples. So on this podcast, we're able to share biblical truth, practical wisdom, but we're speaking on in very broad terms. That's just the nature of the medium, right? Uh, but what coaching allows us to do is to get into the specifics of your story or your situation and apply these principles in a more focused way. And while we can't promise that we'll always find a solution or resolution, many times we've found that it's helpful for people just to have someone to listen and process life with. Sometimes that's actually what we need the most. Um, so if that sounds appealing and you're still not quite sure, we even offer a free 30-minute session for new clients. That's a great way to try out coaching with no financial obligation. Um, you can find more information about coaching or our other services at our website, thejourneyhome.global. And finally, if you want to connect with us, you can email us, you can connect by social media. All of the links to our accounts are in the show notes below. We truly love hearing from you, and we promise we actually will read and respond to your emails or social media interactions. Um, so thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.